재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Korea Escape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. You know, Seoul City provides a helpline for its citizens. You just dial 120, and we want to follow suit. We want to be your helpline here on Koreascape, and that's why we do TBS 120. It's designed to listen to your queries, questions, and difficulties, and then we kind of package up what we hear and address some of those issues. Today we're talking about housing. It is a little confusing for people who first get here and are deciding how to transition from a short-term home to a longer-term home. We have got a real estate and relocation consultant here in the studio by the name of Cha Yonshin or Yonshin Cha. Yonshin, welcome. Hi. (laughs) It's great to have you here. Uh, I remember when I first came to Seoul and my employer put me up in a hotel for a a couple of weeks, Uh a month maybe. And of course, that's not sustainable over time. It gets crazy expensive and we have to look for a longer term, maybe a smaller place. So for those people that might be kind of getting to the end of their company paid hotel stay or the end of their guest house stay and they want to move into someplace more permanent, Uh what's some first steps to to look for? for an apartment to rent? Uh, Firstly, if you are looking for an apartment, you should visit the real estate office at the place, Mm -mm. first of all. But uh, usually local real estate, usually they speak only Korean. Mm, So you should find uh, agents that they can speak English. That's right. Uh, Also, there are many websites uh, so, which is English provided. Sure. Yeah. So many, many of the of and depending on where you're looking, you know, if you've if you've got your heart set on a certain neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, then you're going to want to visit the Pudongsan or the real estate offices in That's that good. neighborhood. If it's a predominantly heavily Korean area, mm-hmm. it's not so likely that you're going to find English speakers. If you're looking in a place like, I don't know, Itaewon, Hebangcheon, Yongsan, yes. very likely you're going yes. to find English-speaking Pudongsan. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you you know, it's it's the universal advice for Korea. Find yourself a good Korean friend uh-huh. that you can trust. Bring them with you. Yes. Or perhaps your Korean wife or husband mm-hmm. and bring them with you to the Pudongsan, right? Yes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Pudongsans, they are incredibly well networked. They spend their whole day, uh, thinking about and learning about new listing and sometimes talking to other Pudongsan. When we're talking about uh, websites, did you have any that in particular that you wanted to recommend? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, there are many websites, but you can make a keyword. Uh, Korean apartment, Mm-mm. yeah, Seoul apartment at the Google site. So, for example, www.korea-relocation.com, kind of with a many relocation company providing all settling down services to foreigners. So, it's very convenient for you. Korea-relocation.com. Good place to start. They sort of consolidate a bunch of information. And as you point out, some of these companies are kind of Full service. Uh, they help you with the moving aspect, the logistics, the finding yes. the place. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like your concierge. You can kind of, uh, yes. they'll help you kind of hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're deciding what to move into, you have various, uh, various options. Uh, the idea of a freestanding sort of North American style house is mm-hmm. possible in Seoul, but it's very, very rare. So you're usually picking something that's in a, 
in a big building. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that'll boil down to either a traditional, you know, an apartment or like a one room mm-hmm. or sometimes what they call an office tell. Yes. What, what's the basic differences between those things? Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> Many foreigners ask me about that. Yeah, but office tell literally a mixed, a mixed world. Office and hotel, sure. so we call it office tell. Yep. So office tell is actually made for office use. But many uh, people stay there nowadays for a living because one, uh, the single person households are on the increase. So one or two person family usually want to stay there. It's very cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I guess the idea, especially if you're in a startup or something like that, is mm-hmm. we're gonna, I'm practically living at work all day anyway. I'm working 10 or 12 hours a day. Anyway, why not just have my bedroom or uh, my kitchen right next to where I work and stay in the same place? Why commute for a half hour or so and just go to a home Uh (laughs) and pay double rent? It doesn't make much sense. So there's the office tell option. Might be a little cheaper, more convenient. What about the other options? Uh, office tell is a very nice quality apartment Mm-mm. and a high rise and a, with a good maintenance office. And so you have to pay a little bit expensive maintenance fee. But one room is, uh, less facilities and less quality. Okay. Uh, so one difference is office tell has many owners. Each unit have a different owner. Mm-hmm. But one room is one owner. It's low-rise building, three- or four-story building, low-rise. Yes. So each unit have a one owner. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, You're saying each each unit in the one-room building or the entire one-room building has uh, one owner? Yeah, each room is the entire building is one one owner. I see. That's right. Okay. But office, there is uh, many rooms, as you know. Each mm-hmm. unit have a different owner. Ah, now I get it. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So one room is a little bit more humble, a little bit uh, ch- perhaps cheaper than That's office right. tell. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's what we might, uh, I guess, call in English the studio apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. The very humble one room kind of place. Maybe you've just taken on a job. You're not making a whole lot of money. A one room is uh, it might be a best option to save a little money, especially if you're not doing a whole lot of cooking or storing a lot of stuff. Are there safety issues uh, with regard to, you know, one room or office tell or apartment? Is one better than the other? Mm, not. Uh, I mean, one rooms tend to be in lower buildings, right? Less yeah. guarded buildings sometimes. Um, so, you know, it's something you might want to uh, pay a little bit of attention to is, is security in a one room. But the vast majority, especially if you're here with a family, most people are choosing apartments, right? Apartments and sometimes apartments with uh, a, a major conglomerate or chebol kind of apartments. This yeah, tends to be where people a, end up. Yeah, typical mm. family residence in yes. Korea. Yeah. Yes. Apartment is very, very expensive in Seoul nowadays. Very uh, expensive. Very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. And for somebody coming from the West, the the financing of an apartment, the way you pay, is a little unconventional. Uh, many of these apartments mm-hmm. are on a chonse system or or key money system. That's right. Which is a for for many Westerners' uh, sensibilities is a huge amount of money. Uh, the apartment right. will ask you to put down a monster cash deposit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a typical chonse for an apartment these days? Uh, Jeonsei is only Korean unique system yes. in the world. 
Yeah. yeah, no other country has it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Koreans, I don't know, they they manage to uh, save up a lot of cash, uh, and they have it ready to be used for this system, this apartment Jonsei system. Yeah, How nowadays Jonsei rate is usually seventy percent or eighty percent of the total property price of the total property value. Yes. So picture that you want to move into an apartment, you're not buying it, you're going to live there, mm-hmm. but you've got to put up. 70% of what the apartment is worth. That's correct. That's a huge amount of cash. Huge amount. How much, I mean, just, just ballpark, general figure. What is it, like, uh, I don't know, Ilogwan or $100,000 or something like that? Or sometimes two hundred. Ah, Sometimes 1,000 million won. Yeah. 1,000 exactly. million won sometimes. Yeah. yeah, but actually, just Chunsi system means house owner, house owner can get just the rate, yes, interest rate. So they deposit the Chunsei money to the bank, mm-hmm. and they can get a you know kind they of get interest. The interest off of the That's money. Correct, yes. And this goes back to when Korea was in build-out mode because they would take all of that Chunsei or key money mm-hmm. and then reinvest it in new properties and kind of keep the thing exactly, going. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yes. And then yes. in because you gave the Chunsei to the landlord, the landlord gets the interest and. He doesn't charge. He or she doesn't charge you rent. Walse doesn't charge you monthly. Never, never. But that's changing a little bit, isn't it? Now there's mm-hmm. sort of a hybrid. Many of these landlords want, that's correct. Yeah, that's you know, chonse walse together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chonolse. Yeah. We call it chonolse. Chonolse mm. is just a half half deposit yeah. and half a monthly rent. Yeah, yeah. But uh, actually, many landlords they want to get only once monthly rent. Only it's a high profit rate. Well, because interest rates have been down at ground level for how many years now? Many years mm-hmm. uh, in the global economic various global economic crises, and for for lots of economic reasons. Do you think, uh, Yunjin, that Jonsei mm-hmm. is going away completely? Jonsei uh, is very popular. It's still very popular. It's still very Even popular. Even if it's expensive. Yeah, expensive, popular, almost 90% sometimes. Hmm. It's very crazy. Uh, but they don't want to pay tax. Because if you have a property, you have to pay tax. Yes. Acquisition tax, holding tax. Uh, but anyway, if you get the Jonsei, Jonsei is a, you don't have to pay any tax. Only when you expire. Uh, when you expired, you can get back money. You I can, see. yes. So those people, yeah, all right. So uh, there, there's still a popular tax loophole, but uh, the 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 sheer price of Jonsei is pricing a lot of younger people out of the market, isn't it? I mean, if you've got to come up with Eo Guan or something like that, or yes. you know, two hundred thousand bucks U.S. dollars mm-hmm. just to move into an apartment in a nicer area, uh, you're gonna find some other thing to do. Maybe you're going to go to the office tell or, or the one room or something. That's yeah. why we have so many uh, uh, single households nowadays. Yeah, right? Usually young people and young students, that they want to get wall sale, uh, monthly rent apartment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you go through a Budongsan, a real estate agent, and uh, that person helps you find your, your new place, uh, there's various things to pay, right? There's a real estate fee and things like that. Yes, commission. We call it commission, mm-hmm. a realty commission. How much is that usually, percentage-wise? Uh, fees in the range is uh, 0.2 to 0.9% of the total price. Okay. Yeah. Is mm. it difficult, once you've signed a contract, a real estate contract, is it difficult to terminate a contract here in Korea? Uh, terminate is not easy for foreigners here. Okay. Yeah, I'm a consultant at the Seoul Global Center. Yeah. So they have many problems, same problem, this sure. kind of the termination. Uh, foreigners can think only contract is a contract. Yeah. So they just wait until contract expired. But you should remind that 
you have to give a notice to the landlord uh-huh. two months before. Uh-huh. Otherwise, sometimes if you have a very difficulty to get the money back. Yeah. So don't just assume as you would in, say, Europe or North America that at the end of your contract, you're automatically going to get your money back and you're a free agent now. You really do need to be very crystal clear with mm-hmm. your landlord that you're going to leave, you're going to move out. And that gives them a couple of months to prepare because they now have to turn over a huge amount of money to you. Mm. And that sometimes can be disruptive in the life of a real estate agent. Yunshin, that's about all the time we've got for this particular edition. I hope we can see you again and get more advice on housing at some point in the future. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you for invitation. As always, email us careerscape at gmail.com with your questions. And we're back right after this. Well, the Seoul International Dance Festival is underway. Performances from just about every end of the artistic spectrum are taking place on various stages over at Sogang University. Among the more classically trained dancers you can watch in motion, you can also find a duo from the Netherlands, both members of which are very open about admitting that they are not dancers. Their names are Karel von Lara and Vanya Rukavina. Vanya is originally from Bosnia. Together, they specialize in a very unique genre of dance that was a big hit right here in South Korea in the 1990s. It's called Boko. It's fast, it's furious, and it's just a little bit weird. I personally had never heard of Boko, so I met the two guys in a coffee shop to ask them what it's all about. Um, I had never actually heard of Boko until before today. Uh, which one of you can explain to me what Boko is? Well, Boko means uh, retro in Korean, and it's like, uh, it's like the disco dance hype here. It was in the 90s or something. Uh-huh. And it's like the, maybe the Asian Saturday Night Fever as we know it. And then, but then YouTube came out in 2000 or something, so it rehyped. I think there was a celebrity in Korea who did it in some kind of show, and then it rehyped and people were shooting themselves dancing Boko dance, so it rehyped again. And now we want to bring the hype yet back again. <laughs> Karel, did you two meet each other in the Boko community? Is that how you two came together? Uh, kind of, no. We were studying at the same theater academy. Uh, that's where we met okay. each other. And he was, uh, Vanya was the first one showing me uh, Boko on YouTube. He showed me the video. It's always difficult to talk about dance a visual art form in a radio format but but what does boko look like what i love about the dance and what caught my attention then was that it's actually very stupid dance <laughs> and okay. that's what i love about it i don't know everything what i see in uh, in europe it's like everyone wants to be cool all the time you know it's like cool dances hip-hop break dance on, on television like the commercial uh, uh, yeah, boko is the perfect mix yeah, it's sometimes it's so awesome and sometimes it's so stupid and changes with the second. That's why I'm completely hooked while I watch. 
it's just some moves. It's they're so ridiculous. One moment the the guys are so cool and you're like whoa, and then they do something so stupid like just moving with the hips, and you think, what's going on right here? Did I miss something? Yeah. And that's some kind of excitement that I really like. But also the cool part of this stupid part is that we do it synchronized. It's, it's actually uh, craziness and absurdity totally choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we do the performance in Europe, it's like, what the hell is this? So people come come to us after, and, uh, after the performance, they come to us and they say, we have no idea what we just watched, but it was awesome. <laughs> and that's very cool for us because we kind of want to bring this new world into Europe where no one knows about this style or this dance. And then we went to China and I think it's uh, a bit more known there. Maybe not as completely as much as in uh, Korea. But then it was very extra funny for them to see two Western guys bringing this like Asian media entertainment back to Asia. <laughs> so... What kind, what's the music that goes behind it? Yeah, it's very bad, very fast techno, techno. music. Um, more, yeah, maybe disco style then. But now you have all like, I think that actually this year they, there came out a new song called Bokotonic or something. Oh, yeah. Which like brings the hype back, you know, with some more speed up beats, techno beats. And then mix it up with old disco style. I traveled a lot through Asia, to, uh, Carol went to Taiwan and Japan, I went to Japan and Korea a lot and we were like astonished about the amount of media entertainment everywhere, in commercials, on the streets, to, uh, it's, like, it's like next level, it's so much more than Europe, it's like you're being beaten up by these programs, games, uh, commercials and that effect we wanted to show in kind of performance, that all this media uh, came to be because people long for fantasy or something unreal, but now there's so much media that like the reality takes shape of the media so people behave like this media and this phenomenon we wanted to show in a performance and then we thought wait a second we should become entertainment ourselves we should make the ultimate show with too much entertainment and then I thought about the Boko dance which I knew and I, th I thought this would be the perfect ingredient for this performance so it's sensory overwhelm of too much information too much media made into kinetic movement yeah like, like, like a dance explosion what we want is to give the audience like only 20 minutes to give them like uh, how can I say that in English too much input so like to there's too much to watch you can't yeah, take it all much. in at once so, and also it builds up the performance mm -hmm. so in the end uh, there are more moves faster moves more videos so you get like oversaturated sure yeah when you say more video is this a performance that uh, you've got props for like video screens or lights that kind of stuff is that yeah, going on while uh, you dance uh, a huge video screen behind us and that uh, yeah that, that uh, we try to make the video yeah, interact with interact with the with the live performance with the with the dance in front. I see. Mm -hmm. So the video so is changing, and you're changing yeah. your movements in mm -hmm. time. What's the content on the video screen? Is it uh, Korean stuff or global stuff? We made like um, a video ourselves, like some kind of video art, and with shadows of our dancing. So sometimes you don't know if it's real shadows or video shadows. For example, we dance sometimes behind the screen, so the beamer lights up our shadows, okay. and then comes a virtual shadow to join us. So this virtual world and the real reality world, we kind of want to blend it together to show that effect of the media and the reality nowadays. Is this a commentary on media oversaturation or is it mm -hmm. just enjoy the ride kind of thing? Well, first we thought about commentary, but then we thought people should decide themselves. So let's enjoy the ride. 
but mm. let's enjoy the ride a bit too much. So, yeah. <laughs> so like the ultimate show we tried to make. It sounds very physical. The dance sounds very physical, demanding it physically. Is, is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. We're because we're not dancers. Let us just say that we're yeah, not dancers. Yeah. I'm an actor. <laughs> And Carol is a video uh, artist and performer. Oh, you're a video artist? Yeah, I make uh, film video arts. Uh, well, w that's kind of a, a tangent from you making videos, Carol, and you uh, uh, being an actor, although you met at a theater academy, you said. Yeah, we studied at the same. There's the theater academy. It has two sides. It has the acting department and the performance department. Yeah, I was totally fascinated by the, uh, the, the, the video clips that, uh, from K-pop. That was uh, yeah. That fascinated me and in, uh, inspired me for the for mainly mm -hmm. the video parts. And there's this uh, manga story that is from uh, Japan from animations uh, from Japan that we that we made. Uh -huh. And it's kind of telling our story mm -hmm. in a very simple way. So during the performance, this manga tells how we met at the theater academy, how we got popular. Yeah. This is animation our, from scratch, or you're cutting it from other Japanese animation? No, no it's, it's actually a manga artist from the Netherlands who made uh, like a few pages of our manga story, and also with like what we want to tell comes back in the manga. So it starts with how we really met at the theater academy, but then it goes into uh, uh, unreal fantasy. So we become you know superheroes. All that animation in Japan, we fly to Japan, dance, everyone falls in love with us. So it's too too much. <laughs> is that's that over is exaggeration? That yeah. yeah. What happened? Of course not. But, but that's how, like how we met was quite quite funny to tell. We yeah. we met at a bar. Uh, he was studying one year above me. Yeah. And we met at the bar, and there was a party, and we were both dancing there. Yeah, we had a dance battle together. That's and then how we, we met there was each a other. Dance you battle. initially fought each other in a dance battle. Yeah. yeah. And that's also in the manga, so that part is real. Yeah. And uh, after the dance battle, everybody was looking at us. Everybody had fun, and then we. We, we, we should make a dance performance once. And then we find some time to make this, uh, this piece. Yeah. How is it that <laughs> uh, a guy studying acting yeah. and a guy that makes films uh, are even challenging each other to a dance battle? I mean, were you just kind of freelance dancing or what? No, we're just enjoying. It was just like having a, fun. Just a regular yeah. party, just having fun. And then we thought, whoa, it was pretty nice. There was an audience. Let's make a dance performance. But it was all low-key. We were on school. You can do everything you want. Then we made this first dance performance, the first version, and the first version was like uh, no custom-made animation. We just grabbed everything, everything from YouTube, but it was inside school, so it was okay. And then it was a huge success, and then we started touring in Netherlands, and then we went to Russia, and it was like, whoa, what's going on? Now we're in this dance scene, but we're no dancers. <laughs> All the time, we're also like on these festivals, we were in this competition in Paris, yeah. and everyone, yeah, everyone was stretching around, and we're like, do we also have to stretch or something? <laughs> we don't know. And uh, so, but be because it was such a success, we um, applied for funding for the government to make a professional version. So, which custom made manga, custom made video, also finally our own choreography with existing vocal moves. And then we, the tour started around Europe, and we went to China eventually. And, and then we got into Aerowaves, and that the Aerowaves yeah. festival is a well-known dance platform that takes. Uh, performances like these all around uh -huh. the world and that really made us uh, gave us a huge boost tour. for the international tour yeah. yeah you gotta love the Netherlands you know <laughs> I mean one minute you're <laughs> challenging your buddy to a dance off at a party yeah. next minute you got a grant you're, <laughs> you're going to Russia Korea yeah Russia Everything. And going to so it sounds like it has an unreal character. Do you ever guys ever look at each other and go, 
how did this happen? Uh, all the time because I, I wish I was in uh, like theater festivals like this as an actor, right. which is my actual job. But it's oh, it's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. Instead, you're like uh, yeah. jumping around in front of a video yeah. screen. We're also sometimes nervous that because we're our technique is not perfect at all. Everyone can see that we're not dancers, but. I mean, we can dance, but we didn't train for it. But it's more about the whole show and the whole performance. We made everything together. I think that's what stands out. Are you guys uh, Asia files or Korea files to a certain extent? It sounds like you're drawing so much yeah. inspiration from Asia. Yeah, I'm definitely how do you say that Japanophile. Japanophile. Yeah, I've been after graduating started learning Japanese. Oh yeah. Five years now, and uh, yeah, it started of course everyone when you're young the animations, you know, sure. but then the history and the, when I started doing acting, I loved the directors also Japanese directors, movie directors. So I started traveling in uh, Japan. Uh, but then I fell in love with a Korean girl, so it's <laughs> kind of a bit of off track. So I went to Korea also. And is she here on this tour? Uh, yeah, she lives in Amsterdam, but she's going to come watch the performance. She's now visiting family here. First impressions, Karel, of uh, Korea so far? Um, yeah, great, I must say. Uh, <laughs> Korean barbecue, Korean barbecue, Korean, Korean barbecue. Every night, right? <laughs> every every night. night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that part is really good. <laughs> Uh, Very healthy food. I, yeah, I've, well, I uh, I've studied in Taiwan uh, for one year, so I know this part of Asia. I've, yeah, it's my first time in Korea, and it's a totally different country. I, are you meeting uh, Korean counterparts, like uh, in, within the context of this festival? Are you meeting other like Korean teams, uh, other dancers, artists yeah. here? We're now have uh, in the in the last five minutes, uh, we have some backup dancers for the final dance. Oh wow! And because it's too expensive to bring them from Netherlands, okay, we now have one Taiwanese dancer and two Korean ones, and we met them yesterday, so it was pretty exciting. But uh, always when we practice with new dancers, we're astonished how fast they learn because it took <laughs> us a month. <laughs> to learn the choreography and dancers just pick it up in two hours and we're who like, is the choreographer of the two of you are you both the choreographer mm, well no, we, actually no. we did everything together also video and choreography but some I did more choreography he did more video and but we're both the makers I'm, I'm curious what the uh, sort of arc of the thing is it, does it build up to a crescendo or is it uh, yeah sort definitely of, yeah so it starts kind of small yeah it starts with uh, like a maneki neko you know the Japanese uh, beckoning cat oh, starts okay. in complete that's silence that's all over Asia that's like the, the gold cat the beckoning right? cat mm -hmm. come come yeah. for luck let's go yeah yeah and it's like totally quiet you see the super small cat and people think like is there something wrong with the performance <laughs> this it's is like, one of those European like things right <laughs> When you say, how you, can you say that? Quiet before the storm? Sure. So, yeah, like that. Okay. And then it builds up, and the choreography is also uh, made that it, every dance becomes intenser. The video becomes intenser, and the last one is just too much. There are like five extra dancers, too much video going on, it's blurring. And That's when your new backup dancers come in towards the end. Yeah, just, like a finale. Mm -hmm, yeah. And also, we're super tired then, and you can see that, and we don't mind because it's like the effect of over input, you know, of uh, media entertainment. From start to finish, how long is the piece? 20 minutes. 20 minutes? And we're pretty dead time. afterwards. Yeah, that, that's a cardio workout <laughs> yeah. there. Are you wearing any particular costumes? Yeah, we're actually full in suits, so in style. Suit really? Like a, business suits? Yeah, it's like yeah. We also would like to you know, parody the the K-pop. You know, everything's it's too cool. All Everything is super videos, stylish, it's too serious, and we would like to do some very stupid moves in style. So I don't think if if someone 
if I watch the K-pop movies, uh, videos, but also in Europe and stuff, people acting cool is not cool. You see people wanting to be cool, but people are stupid and acting serious. I think that's cool. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, Kong Nong style, Sai and all that. Yeah, he was there. Put a twist on it. He, he acted stupid, and as a result, it was cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I really love it also. It became like a super big hype. Yeah. But if you watch the video um, very closely, it's, it's great how he kind of parodies some of the, the mainstream K-pop stuff and puts it into overdrive so you can also kind of reflect on all this uh, because I think K-pop is like huge in whole Asia you kind of reflect like uh, now it's then the standard but is it the standard? should it be like this? you know is it maybe w w what kind of standards does it set for young people who watch you know is it uh, normal? yeah are there any kind of you know tradition whoever was big in Boko back in the day mm. that you are looking at and sort of taking a cue from or yeah there was this one I know her name like Basil Gi Basil Gi something yeah she was in the show and she was like uh, I think she brought the hype back on on television <laughs> But we, we really loved some of the just simple dancers who filmed themselves. And like with a very bad camera and sort of crazy back screen. And they're just like, there's like super dancers doing everything perfectly sync. Also very cool in, in two, two large suits. So they look very stupid. Yeah, it looked like uh, just so cool. businessmen that <laughs> learned themselves this dance and then filmed themselves. Did yeah. you see Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. Is that thing at the, towards the end, is that kind of Boko-ish? What was it again? Is it dancing on the party? He's trying to, no, he's trying to get his guy oh, elected for student yeah. council. On the Jamiroquai. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Can't eat, can't eat on my heels. That strikes me as it might look kind of like Boko. I, do, I don't remember the moves exactly, but I do remember the atmosphere. And it's like... he. That's so unique what he does there, you know. He's totally in his vibe. It, does, it. it doesn't matter if he looks cool or if his moves are cool. You see his vibe. He's totally into it, and that makes it awesome. So what's next after this uh, Seoul International Dance Festival? Are you guys going to um, go on go on tour professionally, or are you going to apply for another grant, or what's the, uh, the, the horizon? Well, we're uh, performing in Czech Republic. Okay. Pretty pretty soon after Our this, next stop. and we're now uh, having contacts in Beijing dance festival for next year, but it's kind of our um, uh, this is our only collaboration this Boko because we do we do very different work and we kind of meet in the Boko and it's like maybe in a year we have three four performances and um, so we don't we don't have any plans to go on together, but Boko keeps just keeps coming back because it's such a weird performance as dancers. You've now evolved into dancers. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> dancers are disciplined. Do you get up and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, stretch on your ballet rails every day or do disciplined dancer stuff? Mm -hmm. 
Well, um, yeah, I'm kind of disciplined myself, but no stretching. <laughs> it's kind of impossible <laughs> with my body. But we 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 uh, practice a lot the boko dance. So okay. we just endlessly repeat the routine, so it becomes second nature again. Also because we have these uh, big periods in between performances. Yeah. So there is a training and discipline. Well, right before we have a performance planned, I try not to uh, not to drink uh, <laughs> too much alcohol. Welcome to Korea. That's it's going to be a little uh, difficult. <laughs> Start running, yeah, jogging, and, uh, build up some stamina, build up some energy for the performance because it's a serious physical attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're not used to it. <laughs> well, good luck in your performance. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, thanks very much. So that was a little education for me on Boko, uh, apparently big in the 90s, and I missed it completely. But now I know what it's all about. Special thanks once again to Karel von Lara and Vanya Rukavina. You still have a chance to see those two guys do their Boko thing on stage. They perform tomorrow evening. You can find more details about that and all the other stuff going on at the Seoul International Dance Festival by visiting the website sidance.org one word sidance.org and that is going to bring today's edition of Koreascape to a close the show is produced by Uchang Sop with associate production from Jamie Lee and writing by Nikki Kim I'm Kurt Asian follow us on Facebook and Twitter and for those of you here in the Seoul area This That and Amy is up next as we leave I want to play for you that song that Vanya mentioned in our conversation it's called Bokotonic from Bebemon see you tomorrow Yeah.